That's our goal. Every single day, try and become your best friend. If you own a home or want to own a home, you shouldn't even think about touching it until you touch base with us here at Rosie on the House. You can do that the next two hours by calling in. We show up every Saturday morning at the station so we can broadcast our question and answer show for any of you that are trying to tackle anything around your house, home, castle, or cabin. No matter where it is in the state of Arizona, no matter what you want to try and get done, chances are we've been there and we've probably already tried it once or twice. So put our experience to work for you. We've been here at living in Arizona since 1966. We've been building and remodeling in Arizona since 1972. Our phone number is one 767 Any question you might have, we'll be happy to put our experience to work for you to get you the answer you're looking for. This hour, we've invited a special guest in to talk about a subject and a project uh, that many of you try and tackle on your own. So fasten your seatbelts and be prepared to learn some secret tricks of the trade and tips. We've got Mr. Joe Miller, Chief Operating Officer and owner of the Arizona Painting Company. Joe, thanks for coming in. Good morning. Great to be back. Ah, It is great to have you back in. Painting, it's the one project that a lot of people think, well, I can I can tackle that, I can tackle that. And a lot of people can uh, on their college dorm room before they move out. <laughs> but uh, uh, there is nothing that finishes a job better than a great paint job. And a great paint job and a good paint job stand out very far apart from each other. And I don't know if you saw, Joe, but the city of Phoenix, city council, just legalized guest houses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think I'm going to be building and you're going to be painting a lot of guest houses. <laughs> we'll be happy to. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. So the article this week in our newsletter talks about uh, painting. And we start with interior paint. Um, how long have you been painting, Joe? I was just thinking about this again last <laughs> night. I have to go back. <laughs> it's it's been probably or probably going on the 16, 17 year mark yeah. of painting, yeah. Well, what would someone trying to tackle repainting the hall bedroom? What What are the first few tips you'd want to fill up, give them to help them out? The biggest thing is just is making sure things are ready to paint before we paint. That's a that's eighty <laughs> percent of the prep, right? It's eighty percent of the work is the prep. And nobody wants to do the prep because at the point you're ready to paint, you want the new color. You want the new look. That's right. You're just ready to get to, you know. Yeah, you just want to get color. on the wall. You're ready to start. Yeah, you go You go to your local store. You pick up the paint. You're, like, ready to go. But yet you've still got a couple hours of work to do before you can do that. And even that, going to the paint store and picking a color has gotten – in some ways it's gotten more complicated because some nutcase invented 47 different shades of white <laughs> – uh, but it's also become a lot easier. I love the Sherwin Williams app, Color Snap. Yeah, the app's great. Oh. It's it's great to use and it's user friendly. Take a picture of your room. Yeah, and then in in and then you can go to the Sherwin Williams paint deck online and throw any color on that wall that you want. 
Yeah, you can and see it before it's done. You can see it right there before it's even done. That, yeah. that has helped me a lot. It has. It's great. And you can do it for the inside, the outside. It changes the color of the outside of your house. I like the fact that they have also begun to give you sample paint. You don't have to buy a gallon of a paint to put a swatch on. Yeah, you just get a nice simple <laughs> quart, take it. Next thing you know, you've got 20 different colors sitting in your garage and now what do you do with them? Now what do you <laughs> yeah. do? Exactly. So the prep work. So if I've got a hall bedroom and my kids moved out, gone to college, uh, and I'm going to turn it into my den, what, is, what are kind of the first steps? What do, If I don't know what's involved in prep, how do I know what to look for? The biggest thing is you know, that we come to when we're just repainting a room is it's all the little holes, right? You've been hanging stuff for years, maybe pinholes from picture holes, things like that, or nicks and Wear and tear, right? Those are the biggest things that we want to get fixed first. Okay. And anybody taking a magic marker and sign their name on a wall? <laughs> yeah. The kids, the kids coloring projects are on the walls. How about, how about the trim? Like, I mean, if you really start looking at the, at the baseboard and the casing and stuff like that, what are, we, what are we going to do in those areas to prepare those? Yeah, those areas are, you know, especially door jams, right? A lot of times we tend to drag our hands across the door frames when we're walking out, right? You're going to get a lot of body oils, things like that. We want to just make sure they're clean. You know, getting that, you know, your body oils and dirt and grime off of it is what we want to get off uh, as well. On a paint-grade jam and casing, what would you use for the cleaning product? Um, you know, you could do your basic, you know, water, a little soap and water is always good. You know, okay. there's, you don't want to put anything that's on there that's going to react with your paint after you apply you know, that could cause issues with adhering. So just a good cleaning. You know, they, the, the, the white scrub pads that uh, Mr. Clean pads are yeah, real yeah. good. The racer you know, pads. Yeah, the racer pads, those, those get off a lot of stuff. You know, I use them at home all the time. So. Okay. And then a lot of times the jam or the, or the uh, casing has got some dings in it. What's your favorite product for just kind of uh, taking a, a margin trial, not a margin trial, but a putty knife? Well, you have a favorite product you like? Yeah, there's, um, you know, I've always, something that's hard, that's that's sandable, you know, a good, you know, if you've got large chunks missing, you know, a good Durham's wood putty is great. It's, it dries hard and is sandable and will just help bond to that material. You clean the wood, you take your one inch putty knife, take that Durham's, fill the void and then just walk away from it for a few minutes. Yeah, walk away, let it set up and then, you know, sand it and shape it to, you know, you can, it. It, like I said, it's sandable, so you can help shape it to the the trim style you have. You know, it might take a little bit of time. You know, if you've got a couple um, colonial cases, yeah, or... <laughs> something like that. You, you know, it's, you need to sand it down and try to help shape it to what you have. And then once that raw now patch is on that jam, do you need to do anything to it before you go ahead and paint? Yeah, you got to give it a good coat of uh, a good uh, primer for sure. You know, you you want to seal up all those pores that. It may not look like there's pores, but obviously, you know, the type of material is going to have small pores that need to be sealed. You don't want to just throw paint on it, and you're just going to multi coat after coat and trying to fill the voids. But that's what the primer is going to do. So we're going to take the eraser pad, and we're going to get the body oils off of the jams, particularly around the doorknobs and the latches and the and whatever. Um, we're going to fill the drywall holes of the paintings and the posters and whatnot. We can just do that with a non. Uh, shrinking joint compound that's that's pretty simple yep yeah definitely just you, your your basic kind of uh, you know all-purpose like you said joint pond count uh, spackle things like that something that's not going to shrink okay and then once we've got the room kind of prepped and the surfaces repaired mm-hmm. what's the next step what are we going to do for 
mask and protect. Well, before we get to that, I just want okay. to mention there's, there's a lot of different applications where you might use a caulking product. Uh, make sure you grab one that says paintable. Definitely paintable. Don't use a silicone that something's just going to fish eye over or, and just peel up after. Yeah, definitely use something that's paintable. And it will say right on the tube, paintable. But definitely. It's, yeah. You'll have about 200 choices on the <laughs> aisle to right. pick from. So you know, take, take a few minutes to make sure you're reading and you're finding paintable, paintable, exactly. paintable. Yep. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure it's 100% paintable. And like I said, not a silicone because silicones just aren't going to – it's not going to stick. Now, there's paintable silicone, but – don't get 100% silicone. Correct, cotton. yeah. Yeah, don't use your clear, you know, window-type style silicone. Right there on the tube, it says guaranteed for 50 years, so it's got to be the right product to use, right? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. So good point on the silicone for sure. So a lot of times when I'm in that stage, I haven't done a lot of masking and protecting up to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk talk through that masking and protecting now that we've kind of got the surfaces repaired, uh, you know, maybe there's going to be some texture matching on the drywall and repair areas. I'll, I'll mask and protect for that. But yeah, uh, how do y'all how do y'all step into a room and start? Yeah, generally the first thing before we even start doing the prep because we want to catch anything we're putting on the walls that falls. So we'll just we completely cover the floors, uh, you know, a good at least a good three four feet away from the wall, if not the whole room, depending on what we're doing. If we're just doing walls. We'll cover the floors out three, four feet. Um, tuck, you know, we just use a, a good mill thickness plastic that we can walk on. It's not going to tear, cause holes. And you know, just we tuck it. If it's carpet, you know, we tuck it into that baseboard. That way we're not getting any trim paint on the floors. We just want to protect it so that once we leave, it looks like it did before we left. So you're going to go buy well, a- plus a new paint job. <laughs> plus a paint job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when you say a good mill thickness, I mean, I, I use a lot of two mill when I'm hanging to protect overspray from one area to another. But when I'm walking on it, I'm, I'm usually stepping up to like a four mil. Yeah. I mean, there's anywhere from like two to seven mil. You yeah. know, it's, it's something good that's sturdy that every time you take a step, it's not going to tear. Yeah. So you tuck that in under your baseboard in a carpet situation, mm-hmm. and you do that as opposed to running tape up against the uh, baseboard in on the carpet? Well, we still run a piece of tape. We want to secure it because just setting a piece of plastic in the room, again, every time you walk, it's going to move. So yeah. yeah. So we use tape along the edge of it right against the baseboard. We tuck it down. We roll it into that carpet. That way we can paint as far down to that baseboard as we can. And it's at least two feet out, and if you're not an experienced painter, you may want to make you may want to cover the whole room and get your paint bucket on top of it as well for the drips that are gonna inadvertently drop as you go move from bucket to wall. But the experienced guys can do it two feet out. Even a little further. We like to go a little bit further, just okay. for those in case. You know, you're walking around on it, you're gonna Inevitably, when you're rolling, you're going to have the roll-off. So, the splatter. Yeah. yeah, the splatter come off. So we want to, if we're walking on it, we don't want to step, you know, just off that two-foot two piece. Two piece. So we make it a little bit bigger. If there's, if the room's empty, we'll cover the whole room. That way we can have places to put our, our buckets and rollers, sprayers if need be. So, Okay, we're, we're almost ready to start applying paint. And we'll start applying it after the break. We can do a lot, but we can't stop the clock. If you'd like to ask questions... Talk to Mr. Joe Miller, one 767 rosie for you.
right, let's get those paint stir sticks, a couple empty paint cans, and start a little band section here. Bop, 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 bop. We're talking painting with Mr. Joe Miller, COO and owner of the Arizona Paint Company. Joe, appreciate you coming in, sharing your wisdom with our Arizona homeowners. We do have open lines. Sweet Jennifer is on the phone. If you'd like to uh, ask a paint question about trying to tackle something yourself, that's why Joe's in to try and help you out a little bit. The number is one 767 We've talked about the prep and a little bit about the masking. And we've taken, a, we've taken that uh, typical hall bedroom that the kid is now evacuated for college and the parents are going to repurpose it for some, or just freshen it up. You know, maybe now it's a guest suite. Now maybe it's dad's office. Maybe it's uh, mom's hobby room, whatever it is. But we're going to freshen it up before we go. So we've repaired the casing. We've repaired this, the jams, taken a look at the baseboards, cleaned them up, got them ready, repaired any holes from the different posters and artwork or displays that were hanging in the drywall. And we've got the masking and the plastic down. Let's talk a little bit about what paint to use where, because there's a, a lot of different varieties of, of types of paint. Lots of varieties, lots of different sheens. Like you said, they've added a ton of whites, colors. They've added a ton of sheens, too. So Can we stop that guy? <laughs> Can we just stop him? Yeah. Nobody, need, nobody needs 47 shades of white. Right. <laughs> And I don't no, think but there's forty-seven. <laughs> there's forty-seven different people, and yeah. they all need their own color oh, of white. Oh my goodness! Oh. I think there's a couple hundred whites actually. <laughs> oh man, man, oh man! So we've got the surfaces prepared. We've got the the masking down. Uh, where do we apply flat? Where do we apply eggshell? Where do we apply satin high gloss? So you know the common. Uh, Sheens that are kind of, you know, the typical where they go, right? We have the, you know, for our ceilings, we still typically will use flat unless a customer requests having the, the same sheen, same um, as the walls. But typically we still use do, flats do you on you our ceilings. Do you try and talk them out of that? Uh, depends on the situation. Yeah, <laughs> Softly? <laughs> yeah, it depends Softly. on the type of texture that's on the ceiling, how the ceiling looks currently. So, yeah, it just really depends on the situation. I think what a lot of people don't realize is the ceiling – probably shows more drywall imperfections than the wall surfaces. And you start adding a sheen to that, and you're going to see things you've never, never seen. See, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I mean, that wasn't there before. Keep yeah. the ceiling flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. keep yeah. it flat. Okay, we'll that's do. Rosie's tip. So. <laughs> Great, yeah. So, ceiling, so flats on the ceilings. Um, our door jams and doors, uh, we still recommend, you know, a good semi-gloss. Uh, some customers will request a gloss. That's a, a preference. But we still re- uh, suggest a good quality semi-gloss on the doors and door jams just because that's, you know, that's where, you know, we're, obviously our hands, our body oils, things like that are on we're, that we typically see. So Wherever you touch. Exactly. You want to be able to clean that off. Yeah, you want to be able to wipe it down. And you put a flat, and we've done it because customers requested it. They want everything flat, and we try to talk them out of it. And then, you know, six months later, they're calling us back because they, they're seeing everything. They can't clean it. So, yeah, a good semi-gloss on your doors and door jams where you're touching and and using on a daily basis, we okay. highly, highly recommend that. And and that's a semi-gloss. Semi-gloss, okay. yes. Yep. All right. And now on your walls, again, it goes back to there used to be two to three sheens. Now there's five or six. <gasps> you know, but, you know, a good, you know, we always suggest, you know, and I prefer as well, is just having a good satin 
or eggshell on your walls. It's still, you know, it's not flat and it's not super glossy. It just gives a little bit of uh, a sheen and contrast to, you know, with colors, a contrast to the, the trim. But and that doesn't increase the paint's ability to be cleaned a yeah, little bit Yeah, the durability. Well. Yeah, yeah. being able to wipe it down because, again, you know, if you've got a house full of kids, they're going to be running up and down the hall with their hands on the walls and you don't be able to clean it or, or pets, things like that. So, yeah, being able to just wash it, wipe it down on a regular basis and, the, you know, it not wear off is. Now, you won't remember this, but when I was growing up, a lot of times painters would come in and they'd paint the walls flat or, or eggshell. But once they got in the kitchen or bathroom, they went high gloss. High gloss. It, it was like you were living in Candyland. I mean, yeah, yeah. But but we don't need to do that anymore. I mean, and that was invariably a moisture protection and a, and a wipe down cleaning situation for the atmospheric grease in the kitchen and the steam and the shower. But those semi glosses durability now have been improved to the point. You you don't have to get that Candyland gloss. No, you don't. And we yeah we use this, uh, we'll use the same semi gloss that we use on the trim and doors for the for your wet we call it the wet areas the bathrooms laundry rooms, you know sometimes areas of the kitchens, a lot of times now anymore even the kitchens are so open and you know maybe they got tile backsplashes the majority of the time so, you know it's that satin or, or eggshell can be. Used just as well in the kitchens. Yeah, God bless Aunt Marge. She still wants the kitchen and the baths high gloss, and she won't take the plastic covers off the couches either. <laughs> right? Yeah. We still see it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. We do. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing you don't have to mask or protect before you go painting. <laughs> it's already done. Yeah. We don't, have to, we don't have to plastic the plastic. Okay, yeah. so we've talked prep. We've talked mask and protect. We've talked repair. We've talked the right product. So we've got all this selected. Um, we were not going to have time to talk about the right tools, but that's the next direction I want to go. I want to talk about what tools should that amateur, semi-pro, professional, uh, Arizona homeowner, what tools should they start gathering to accomplish this paint job that's really going to make a difference? Yeah, on, there's, on there's, there's a lot of them out there. And uh, your, your typical homeowner can in, just get a few things to... We're going to talk tools, and then we're going to talk tactics. Great. Okay? All right. More with Joe Miller, the Arizona Paint Company, here at Rosie on the House. Bringing in Boss Gags here. Oh, yeah. Rolling through a perfect Saturday morning with Rosie on the house. It's what we do. And the phone calls keep coming in at one 767 Let's take a look. We're here with Mr. Joe Miller of the Arizona Paint Company. Again, Joe, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday. Um to share with the Arizona homeowners the tricks and the tips of the professional painter of what they might try and do to reclaim that, that typical hall bathroom, hall bedroom. So we've talked to the prep. We've talked about the masking. We've talked about the paint selection. I think we need to talk a little bit about, let, let's talk about the tools you ought to consider. Um, let's not bring out that, you know, $2 paintbrush you used 12 years ago to, to, to the room. Talk through some of the tools a homeowner 
really should invest in that can make a difference in the job? Yeah, they really only need a few of them to really do a good quality job yourself. You know, a, a good, you know, good soft bristle brush to get some good cut lines along the ceiling. Um, you know, it's gonna, you know, it's only really only gonna cost you maybe ten to fifteen bucks for the brush, and then you know, having a good, you know, having a, a just a nine inch roller roller frame, and you know, say a, a three eight snap roller cover. Uh, to roll the walls is really the basic tools that you need to to just do the paint job. And I have found it makes a big difference in the roller cover you buy. It does, and it depends <laughs> on the, the texture you have on the wall. You know, you you don't need a big three quarter one inch roller nap. Something that's just going to slop paint everywhere. You, it just you just need something that's going to give a nice even coat on your walls. I will generally go ahead and spend the extra money for a lamb's wool. This, it, it's, it splatters a lot less. Sure. Uh, I think it spreads the paint a lot better. It costs about twice what the other one costs, but you can clean it real good. And if you clean it real good, you can save it for repurposing. But a good roller cover makes a big difference. Are we going to get just one four-inch flat brush? We're going to get a two-and-a-half-inch taper? What do you think? For cutting in a, your basic room, a Good two and a half inch um, angled brush yeah. will do a good quality job for you around all your casings, your ceiling line, windows, things like that. And when I like to paint, I like the five gallon bucket, and I like the little screen that hangs off the end of the bucket as opposed to a pan. As opposed to a pan, a lot of the homeowners just if they go to the store to buy something, they're typically going to think, well, what they've always seen is having that little pan. But yes, just like our painters, it's a lot easier to work out of a five gallon bucket than moving that little pan around and maybe having a chance of spilling it. And that screed that hangs inside that five-gallon bucket just does such a better job distributing the paint through the rolling cover. It does, and after you're done with it, quick wash the hose, and it's reusable. Again. Bada bing, bada a quick bada wash? A quick wash. <laughs> a quick wash. Joe, have you ever seen Rosie clean <laughs> I got, a roller? I've got, I've got paint brushes that I've had since before Jennifer and I were married, and that's, what, 46 years? When he, when China I, bristle brushes yeah, that are still yeah. If you like clean new. spend some time and clean them, yeah, yeah. they'll last. If I paint Joe, he inspects my cleanup job. Oh, I do. I do. I do. It's and never quite enough. Which, which reminds me, before we end, I want to talk about storing paint when you haven't finished that gallon. But we, we've got more to go on. Hey, I do have a question for you, Joe, from Miss Marty. Um, so she was asking about... Um, the corner walls that are have been rounded, and to do that, they put in that metal piece. Rosie, what's that called? Corner bead. A corner bead. And then she talked about how hard that is to, to make paint stick to. What is the trick? I would just suggest using a good uh, all-purpose primer for that. Um, if you, Yeah, if you just try to put paint right to it, it generally may not stick. But giving something to, that paint to bond to will definitely help. Okay, I have a harder question. At my house... We've got the three-quarter inch radius corner bead, and in two of the rooms we change color. Yep, right on that corner bead, right in how, the center. Uh huh. Yeah. How's a How's a homeowner going to do that? <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. It's tough for for your homeowner. It could be tough. You yeah. know, it's just the way I would do it is I like to transition either be on one side or the other. Okay. On right. the corner bead, you know, where you want that first color to start and stop. Uh, if you want to do it right down the center, you could use a a laser level or a you know laser line if you if you like. That's or, a, that is a great trick. Yeah, you can do it that way. I typically would maybe even just do it. I kind of do it by eye. I'd stick it at the top, pull a full length of tape, and 
and go for it and just eyeball it myself. How about and, and just generally changing color in a straight line? Is there a particular paint product? Is I've seen painters with Vaseline, with caulk, with masking tape, with the frog tape. I mean, how would you do it? How would you recommend a homeowner to do it? The way I like to do it personally is after we – there's a ton of tapes out there that say they won't bleed. I've tried them all. They all bleed. <laughs> they, they bleed. They all bleed. They bleed. So, yeah. I, the way I always have done it is just using here, – Here it comes, folks. This is worth listening to. This is, <laughs> a, very, this is a trick of the trade. Okay. Yeah. I have always used just a paintable caulking. I'll just take a little bit on my thumb, smear it up the paint line or the tape line, and then just paint right over it. I've, I'm able to get – a good two coats on it, and while it's still wet, I'll pull my tape. I've got no bleed. I've got a perfect line. And that was key, pulling it while it's still wet. Don't let that paint dry. Don't after. let the paint dry. Don't let your caulking dry. It will peel. So I put the masking tape on the wall. Yep. Where do I put the caulk? Right along the tape line that you're going to be painting over. So the caulk, caulk. bead runs half over the tape. Half over the wall. Yeah, I'm not going to put a heavy bead. I'm just yeah. putting a little bit on my thumb or my finger, and I'm just smearing it along the line. And just enough to fill those little voids. Uh-huh. And once you paint it and you pull it, you've got the perfect crisp line. It that is, sounds like a professional trick that, to me. That I'm is, to picture that is. getting that caulk on straight. I can see going over the edges. Yeah, and I, I'm glad it's not just me about the tape because no matter what I try, it does bleed under. It does so bleed, yeah. I, I much prefer to have you guys do my painting. <laughs> We'd be happy to. All right. So uh, that's the tip on changing color in a straight line. Have you found a tape straight enough that you can put it on the wall and get a straight line? It seems like I always have to still pencil a line and even use a straight edge to put the tape up against because it, it, it can weave it, on you. It can, yeah. It's that's what, what I've – yeah, That laser light. The laser light's the always, laser light it's always your trip. friend. Yeah, it, And they're not expensive. You can pick them up at the hardware store for pretty reasonable. Yeah. That or you can just, you know, cut it. Like you said, use a pencil and draw a straight line with a level, six-foot level if you want. Um, again, I've noticed I've, if I stick the tape at one end, if I pull the tape straight off the roll straight, it'll typically stay straight, and it's worked for me. Uh, sometimes if you just kind oh. of pull tape and you pull it from, you know, it's not straight. It's kind of Good tip. Another kinda, great tip. It'll, Sometimes it'll like kind of sounds funny, but it'll bend that tape a little mm-hmm. bit, and like you say, cause some uneven or unstraight lines. We could do a whole show on tape. <laughs> you know, the, the the different color tapes, the different mastics, yeah. the different okay. adhesive, when to, when not to use this one or that one. Yeah, there's white, blue, orange, green. But there's, let's uh, let's get to applying the paint. We've we've you know you came here to talk about painting, and we spent the first forty minutes talking about mass protect and, and prep. All right. Just like a paint job. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's where all the work is. Yep. Okay. So now I've got my five-gallon bucket. I've got my screen. I've got my lamb's wool roller. I've got my extended handle. I'm ready to go to work. Talk to me how you teach a painter to get proper coverage on that wall. Straight from the beginning is you know making sure we've got a good uh, amount of paint on our roller. You know, Like you said, using that screen, the five-gallon bucket – Dipping that roller right into the bucket, give it a couple good rolls out down the screen, and we're ready to apply to the wall. And so right from there is you're not going to obviously paint the whole wall in one one dip of the the roller, right? So you know we're gonna we're gonna work. You know a, the typical roller that we use is a nine inch roller. You know we're gonna get uh, 
probably good two two good row, rows of paint on that wall, and then we're just working it out even from top to bottom. So. Do I cut in the ceiling before I do that, or am I going to cut in afterwards? We typically will cut the ceilings first. That way, and, we can roll up past it just a little bit. And will you um, do that with your tapered brush, or will you do that with a four inch brush? We'll use our tapered two and a half inch. You do cut brush. How yeah. far do you bring that cut down? We bring it down enough that we can roll over that edge, that yeah. hair. So it's and the roller not hit the ceiling. And the roller, yeah, you don't hit the ceiling <laughs> with the roller. So we may come down, you know, four or five inches or so. Okay, so you cut in, then you dip the roller, fully immerse it in the, in the paint, roll it over the screen a couple times, and don't try and go too far down the wall with that roller. Go right. ahead and and I I usually tell people start left to right. Correct. Yeah. We all, I've always started left to right. I guess maybe if somebody's left-headed, maybe they may go right to yeah, left. Yeah, it yeah, depends. Yeah. But, yeah, and you're only going to go two, two roller lengths really across now, uh, for that first. Once you get halfway down the, the wall, do you just go corner to corner? Depends on your size of the wall. I oh, would typically – your, your, you know, your standard bedroom that we're talking 12 about feet, redoing. 12 feet, 14 feet. Yeah, we'll just go from all the way from left to right from the full length of the wall. Okay. That's our first coat. We'll continue through the – the rest of the room, um, and after we're done with that first coat, give it, depending on your temperatures in your room, give it some time to dry before that before you reapply that second coat. And if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get the first coat on, and take a lunch break, give it a, give it an hour hour and a half to to set up. Uh, what are the tricks or the tips for that roller? What can I do with that? Do I have to clean that roller all completely up before I go break for lunch? No, you don't need to clean the roller. You can either. Just you know, stick it in that bucket of paint. Yeah. Stick a lid over the buckets, and you know it's not going to dry in that one hour that you're gone. So, it, like I said, just stick it in the in the paint itself, or stick it in a plastic bag and just you know roll up the bag. I've always roller, got so. I've always got Saran wrap when and I'm painting. Yeah. If I'm going to take a break, I'll wrap the brush or the roller and just Saran wrap real tight, no air, and come back, peel the Saran wrap off, you're throw good it to in go. the trash can. You're good to There's go. No dry. Dry pieces, anything like that, yeah. No dry boogers hanging on the edges there. (laughs) Okay, so we've let that first coat dry, the second coat. What what am I looking for to really – that second coat is really key to apply right to get the depth of a great finish. What am I I looking for? You're just looking for that – you know, your eye is going to help you. Your eye is going to help you find that unevenness of the the color on the walls. And so we're just going to – we're going to do the – same process we did from the first coat and from left to right and work our way around the room and just, again, put a nice even coat of paint, good mill thickness on the walls. And You just don't want to rule it out too thin to where it sounds dry because then you're just not applying enough material. You're going to end up needing another coat. I tell people a lot of times a trick I learned very early on from a, from a, a painter who has since graduated um, uh, that he would then close the room in dark. And then he would take a spotlight and shine the, the the wall from bottom to top, left to right, right to left, and top down. And he would ju- he would visually inspect every square foot of that wall. And boy, when then many times after the first coat, he'd be in there with some uh, quick drying spackle and just little bitty touches here and there. Take a long lunch break and come back. And I did the depth of their paint jobs when you're spending that kind of attention. Uh, you can walk in and you can feel the difference. You just know when it's when that those walls are done and it's got an, it's got the good 
looks of the color you're looking for. And it just you just know it's done then. You know, Joe, we've been here talking and you've been sharing how to uh, help homeowners get it done. Uh, we haven't even shared your phone number yet. If if they're saying, hey, this is all great information, but like <laughs> Jennifer says, I'll just have you guys do it. Sure. How would they reach out to Arizona yeah, Paint They can Company? reach us uh, anytime at 602-648-3071. They can also reach us on our website at ArizonaPaintingCompany.com. Now, once the paint job's done, we've got to talk about cleanup. And we've got to talk about paint storage. When we get back with Joe Miller from the Arizona Paint Company here at Rosie on the House. Doing what we can to earn the title of every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place. We're talking painting here with Mr. Joe Miller of the Arizona Paint Company at Rosie on the house. One of the things we do to uh, earn the right to be considered your best friend is we publish a digital newsletter every week. And in that digital newsletter, for those of you that get it, uh, it told you we were going to talk about everything painting inside and out. And Joe, we haven't got out of the hall bedroom yet. (laughs) You're going to have to come back to talk outside paint. Definitely will. Okay. Because right now we've talked about the paint, the prep, the mask, the protect, the rolling, the techniques, the tactics. You shared some great professional tips on how to get the job done right and the tools. But now the job is done. Time to clean up. And that's, there's an art to cleaning up paint tools. There is. It's called a trash can. <laughs> Never going to use it again. Throw it away. I like that one. <laughs> All right. Brushes. Hi, well, let's clean a brush. Yeah. A brush will last you quite some time if you just clean it. Spend some time cleaning it, right? Yeah, we just – the way I like to clean my brushes, I'm gonna use, I'm, my wife might not be happy. She might be listening, but I'm going to use the kitchen sink. <laughs> or, or I'll use the hose outside, but, um, you know – just give it, first give it a good rinse. Get them a, as much of that paint out as you can. Um, and then just your, your basic, um, a good dish soap detergent will help you clean that brush. And and, rubbing it through with your rubbing hands. Rubbing it through your fingers. Without, without destroying fingers. the grain of the... Of the... Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of times you'll see people using a wire brush on it. You're just going to tear up your brush. It's not going to last you as long. If you're using your brush, you don't let, let it dry with the paint in it. If you clean it as soon as you're done, the, the brush will last you. But just run, using warm, warm soapy water and spend five minutes cleaning it real good, that, that brush will last you. And then once you've got the paint out of it, how do you store it? I will typically keep my keep the little cardboard carton that it comes in. Absolutely. And just and reuse that. It helps keep the shape. It doesn't let the, brus- the bristles fur out and... It, again, it'll help you last. If not, if you don't have that anymore, wrapping it up in paper towel, put a piece of tape around it. Again, it keeps that a lot the of shape time, of the brush. I'll just use the masking machine. I'll just I'll just rip off you know three inches of the masking wrap paper it up in the plastic, yeah. and wrap it up to match the the shape of the brush. Careful not to to upset the the right. lay of the bristles, right. and then tape it off, and she's done. Yes. Okay, so that's cleaning her brush. Oh boy, how about cleaning a roller? A roller. Yeah, you're definitely gonna. It's gonna take some time getting that clean. After you're done, same thing. After you're done rolling with it and the job's done, again, washing it out, good warm water or just your hose water, 
And Be- before you get to that, is it worth finding a sacrificial surface to try and get all the paint off, even if it's like masking paper or whatever, to brush roll as much of that of paint off. off of it? Before yeah, you go if to you've the wall. got a an old box maybe sitting in the garage, you can roll as much off as you can. Plastic again, roll it on the floor if you're done in that room, or or anything other than yeah, the wall. You're not going to roll it out on the wall, but um, yeah, try to get off as much of that as possible, and then. You know, right back to giving a good wash. And that's tricky. I mean, it, that roller, a good roller cover holds a lot of paint. Holds a lot of paint, yeah. And, and it's it going to take a, some time. It takes a lot of water. It takes a lot of water a lot, and a good amount of time to, to get it clean. They do make little, you know, quick and easy tools that you can slide over that roller. And and to really, once you're done and get a lot of that excess water out, you want to let it, you know, air dry. Uh, before you put it away, but they make little tools that you can put it on. It'll help spin that water right out of it uh, t- once you're done cleaning it. I was in a home with one of our clients recently. We walked in the laundry room where they had a laundry tub sink, and there was like a like like blue splatter paint everywhere. And and she and the woman house could tell. I noticed it. And I kind of looked and I looked. And I didn't say anything. She says, "Yeah, that was the time my husband painted the hall bedroom, and he thought he needed the." Spinner. The spinner. <laughs> yeah. We typically would you do it inside a bucket. Yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. controls yes. the, the mess. Yep. Yeah, yeah. but it's a, it's a spinning tool that mounts inside the roller. And once you've got the paint out, it's uh, you you actuate it and pump it up and down, up and down. Yeah. And it spins the roller to kind of open the nap of the roller back up right. and, yeah, lets, and lets it up. dry. Exactly. Uh, you don't want to put it away with all that water in and, it. It's and just, mat it down. Exactly. And, yeah. The other, you know, it's always, I remember when I first started painting, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll just put that roller out on the end of your extension pole and you take the hose with the squirter and you just spray and it just starts flinging paint everywhere yeah, yeah, yeah. On, the, on the side of the house. Oh, that's <laughs> how I do it. You, you got to hold it at a certain angle away so it yeah. doesn't splatter all over yourself. Right, yeah. But you get that hose right with your thumb and the pressure and it's just spinning and all that paint coming off. <laughs> it's just flaring all right. paint and water everywhere. Yeah. Joe, Arizona Paint Company, you got one minute to tell people how to store paint. A can of paint. I've only used a half a gallon. I've got the rest in that can. Yeah, if you're gonna keep it and store it, you know, make sure that lid. Make first, make sure that brim of the paint can that you've just been pouring out of for the last hour of painting. Make sure the brim of that is clean, and then after that, make sure that thing's sealed up. Make sure the lid's stored on it tight. It's sealed. It'll be good to go. And a big part of that is making sure you're not opening it with a screwdriver. Use the actual paint key so you don't you know, damage the lid. Yeah, when you're opening. Yeah. And when you seal it, use a rubber mallet, not a hammer. <laughs> All little tips. And, Joe, and you can flip it upside down and store it upside down so the air doesn't get in that seal, even if there's a little bit left. <laughs> Real quick, the phone number. Uh, 602-648-3071.